give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So I'm super excited. I'll probably come back and teach this again. But we're going to dive into it tonight and see how far we go and uh, what the Lord does. Uh, I brought my, this is my, it was a gift. It's, it's my um, cultural background study Bible, and it's heavy. As a, I can't hold this and preach like that, you know. And so, um, but I had all these nifty notes, and I thought it would just make life a whole lot easier. If I preached out of it, this is my like, I like, how many of you like to read with an actual Bible? Like, and not the digital. I prefer the actual. This one, too, because it's heavy, and I feel it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. When it's the word, it's, you know, it's like, my word is like a hammer. Amen. And so, uh, I just like it. This one will knock you out. I could probably break a brick with it. But um, anyway, I'm excited. We're, it's 14 verses. 14 verses, but there is so much, so much. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1, 14. This is the scratching the surface, I feel, of the essential doctrine of chosen. And so uh, it may, <laughs> we're going to rub up some edge on some edges of some theology stuff and you know um but uh i'm gonna give you the greek words tonight i am not gonna give you the actual greek word because i'm just gonna be honest i was not prepared and i'm not gonna try to sound them out and sound like a fool i will go back and study and when i come we'll come again and i'll give you the exact greek words but i'm gonna give you the greek definition but I'm not going to try to murder the Greek tonight, all right, without preparing. I do like to listen and actually give you the Greek word and know how to speak it. I've been learning a little bit of Korean, but I, I have to learn this Greek a little bit better. I can count to ten in Korean, yeah. So Anyway, uh, so he's <laughs> distracted. Jen's like, shh, <laughs> quiet down. She went all teacher on you. <laughs> Professor Jen over here, quiet class. Oh, man. All right. Y'all ready? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our path. It's a light unto our feet. Your word has changed our lives. Change us today. Our hearts are open. Our minds are teachable. We're, we're ready to receive and by your grace obey your holy word. Make Jesus alive. Help or help. Send that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We're so desperately in need of you helping. In Jesus' name, amen. I love, listen, I, I try to teach you guys, especially when we're teaching, especially when we're teaching. I, I want you guys to read the Bible properly. I read the Bible improperly for many, many years. I actually used to read the Bible um, primarily as a bunch of do's and don'ts. I used to read the, the Bible as primarily a whipping stick where I would open the Bible up and I would sit with God and I would read it and I would come away feeling like how wretched of a sinner I am. That's how I read the Bible for many, many, many years. I would literally just cry and weep until I started <laughs> learning the heart of God. 
in learning that it's stuff he wants to do through me and stuff he wants to empower me to be and what he's called me to be, not necessarily something I must do. Does that make sense? And so uh, the ultimate thing I've learned from all the don'ts in the Bible is, thank God Jesus measured up because I never could. That's the ultimate truth I've gathered from that, you know. And it is good for reproof, correction, and for holy living. It is. But let me tell you, God will not tell you to do something now in the moment that he's not empowering you to do. So another thing I used to do is search for things in my life that were so that were wrong that needed to be lined up with the Bible and I would try in my own effort to line things up and let me tell you of no avail. That's it's, yeah, I grew up Southern Baptist, but I love my Baptist brother stuff. So, but yes, that's what I did. It's the truth. It's the truth. She's telling the truth. And that's what I would do. I would literally beat myself over the over the head with the Bible. But then I started to read the Bible in the context of all the Bible. And I started to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. And I learned, like Smith Wigglesworth said, some read it in Greek, some read it in Hebrew. I read it in the Holy Ghost. huh? And I started, like, letting the Lord lead me and deal with me on what he wanted to deal with me on in the moment. How many of you know God may be working on Jim with something, right? And Jim could share with me what's going on. But if I see God working on something with Jim, doesn't necessarily mean that's what he's working on me. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But I've learned that if you, if you just follow the leading of the Lord and you let God invite you in, where he, what he's dealing with you in the moment, there's grace for that. There's power for that. And it'll not, it won't be by works. It'll be by grace and it'll be by his power. So anyway, I like to, when we have these moments, talk you through how to read the Bible. It's called hermeneutics, how to study the Bible properly. Because I don't, I, I, I hope that some of the pain and hurt I went through, like you can skip that, you know, amen. And so you can take my scars and go, ooh, how'd that happen? And I go, oh, it happened this way. And you go, oh, and then you go to do it, and you're like, wait a second, I remember that scar Brett, Pastor Brett had. I don't want to do that, you know. And that's kind of my heart for that. But anyway, when we read something, we have to look at the context. And typically the first, especially Paul's letters. And my, my son actually said something, Caleb said something one time, was probably the most profound, one of the most profound things in the area of hermeneutics, in the area of the study of the Bible that I've ever heard in my life that just sent a light bulb off. And he said this, he said, you know, letters, and he, he's good at English and writing, and he likes to write books and all this. He said, you know, a letter is actually meant to be read as a whole. And I said, oh, wow. He said, yeah, a letter is meant to be read all, all together. And see, Paul wrote these letters, and often we'll pull out sections and fiddle them into our doctrine or our theology or whatever subject matter, which sometimes is applicable. Uh, but we often do that and don't read them as a whole as one. I would encourage you to spend time reading all letters, okay? So everything Paul says in the rest of Ephesians is based out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. It sets the context for all of Ephesians. And if you don't get this, you can read Ephesians and feel like I never measure up and I never will. There's a lot of good stuff in Ephesians. He covers a lot, you know children's the dynamics of marriage the dynamics of the church he covers a lot but it all starts right here actually everything starts right here 
I love this. Actually, Ephesians, when I was locked up and God encountered, encountered me, I have it in, in this Bible here. I can show it to you real quick. Ephesians was my favorite book in the Bible for many years. And, I mean, it's just all kinds of yellow with highlighters. I mean, I didn't get far. Might as well just, and oh, the, every, every verse is underlined. Every single verse is underlined in Ephesians. I underlined the whole thing, and then I had to go back and highlight some other ones. So <laughs> every single one, I was like, this is good, and this is good, and this is good, and this is good. It's just good. Amen? Paul sets the context for everything he writes in Ephesians, starting with verse 1. Listen to this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is very key. Listen. By the will of God. Let's say that together. By the will of God. How did Paul become an apostle? Did he wake up and decide it? Huh? Did Paul go, oh, like, I think that's what I want to be? No, he didn't. It's by the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we're about to read, everything that we're going through, Paul is saying, first and foremost, hey, I'm writing to you that this from the position that I have because of the will of God. It's all of you saints, which, by the way, is set apart ones, holy ones, you know, not sinners. Hey, you sinners. He says, hey, you saints, speaking to identity. He, he starts off by saying grace to you. This word grace in the Greek, this is what it means. Listen, it means favor, sweet kindness, and charm. It's the favor, sweet kindness, and God's charm towards you, his charming nature towards you. You know, Prince, the original Prince Charming, the Prince of Peace. It's his charmingness towards you. That's the favor of God. It's amazing because a lot of times we talk about the favor of God and, and, and we think of it in the context of God is, you know, giving me a hand up or a hand out or God's helping me out or God's doing this. We don't look at it as he's doing it because he desires to be charming towards us. There's this husband and bride dynamic that's in there, you know, that he's actually bestowing his sweet kindness on you to draw you into him. That's actually what's in this Greek word. That's a whole lot deeper than, well, grace be to you. No. That the sweet kindness of God would be towards you in a charming way. That's what I'm praying for you. Again, you have to understand all of this is setting up everything up that I'm about to read. So from that place of sweet kindness and charm, may there be peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. That word peace actually means wholeness. That word peace actually means happiness. That, whole, that word peace actually means a place, void and lack of chaos. It means to not be at war. And it can mean, yes, an actual, physical, tangible war, or it can mean turmoil in your soul, a war inside of you, in your emotions. That that would be gone. That that would be gone. 
So wait a second. God's pouring out favor, sweet kindness, and charming us, and he's desiring for us to have wholeness in health, right? And he's speaking to us as saints, not as sinners. Now, from that place, all those things that he's saying to have, he's about to tell you how you have them. That's what I want you to understand. He's setting you up to tell you how you are receiving all of that. Does that make sense? He's setting the context. By the way, I'm writing to you not because I just woke up one day and decided it, but it was by the sovereign will of God. And in that sovereignty, I say to you, have peace and sweet kindness charm from the Lord. Access to that in his heart and his desire towards you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. Somebody say has. That is a past tense, and it involves absolutely, it it, it denotes a possession. And and, and what what that word right there means so much, you you have to understand, it's so pivotal. It's so pivotal. Because it said could. It could, sorry, it could be replaced with could. Paul could have wrote could. The Holy Spirit could have had uh, one day. One day you will have. You could have. But that's not what the, the, the man who is an apostle by the sovereign will of God, the sovereign will of God, writes to you. He says you have. You, he has bestowed this on us. He has given it to us. Meaning it's already happened and you already possess it. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This means every way that your spirit needs to be blessed has already been blessed. Hmm? Why? From where? How? The sweet kindness, the charming nature of God, the peace that he's made with you. The joy that he's given you. There's this place where because of the sweet kindness and charming nature of God, he steps on the scene and all the chaos and all the turmoil, it lifts, it's gone. It's, It's absolutely eradicated and wholeness and happiness comes. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose. Just as he chose. That's a very, very important word. Just as he chose. Listen to this. Us in him. I want to pause right there. He chose us in him. What does that mean? Listen to what this word chose means. To select. It means this. I picked out for myself. Chosen elect, selected. Hmm. Sorry, my handwriting. It's a heart preference. A heart preference. It is a definitive outcome. There is some length, there there is, and, and, and this is where doctrines can get extreme to the left and right. There is language in this Greek word that, be, that, that, that alludes to us not even having a choice. It, it's just, it's that, it, 
what it's doing, though, is it's the, the language, the word, because that's, that's the issue with translation, you see, is there's, there's a lot of times in the English language, there's not a word that, that contains the emotion and the passion and the power that was in the, in, in the Greek language or in the Hebrew language. But what it's, it's trying to tell you is it's like, yeah, you pretty m- you're done. He picked you. It's over, man. Why? Don't resist it. This is what he's saying. It's, he's so sweet and kind. He's so charming. And before the foundation of the earth, which you're about to read, he looked at you and he picked you and you're just, you're picked, man. You might as well just go ahead and be picked. That's like, that's, I'm interpreting it. This is what it's saying. Do you understand that? You, you might as well just go ahead and like realize that you're picked, man. You're chosen. Handpicked by God. It's literally his heart's desire. You, right there, you. If you're in this room, he picked you. He looked from the beginning of time and that one. And whether you want to be picked or not, I pick you. And so you're going to have to deal with being picked. Like that's, I'm telling you, that's what the Greek, that's like the emotion it, 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 it has in it. It's the meaning. Man, I mean, I just read it to you. It's, I picked out for myself. I, I chose you. I elected you. I selected you. You're my heart's preference. I, I definitively picked you. It's over, man. I picked you. You're mine. says he chose us he did that before the foundation of the world before God said let there be light he picked you that's what the Bible reads when the spirit was brooding over the face of the deep he picked you he looked through all the people in all the world all through is that one right there. Handpicked. Whoop, mine. Thank you, Jesus, man. Oh, what sweet kindness. How charming you are, Jesus. That we should, listen, this is what he picked you for. All right? This is what you, he picked you for. And, and it's very important to understand this. Listen, he picked you that we should be holy and without blame before him. Now, if we stop right there, we can present that as then I must live holy. I must live blameless. It's on me to do that. But he doesn't say that. He says in love. Holy, blameless, in love. What is love? God is love. We want to read on. Listen. Having predestined us, I'm going to come back to that word, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I'm going to come back because I want, I want to finish this thought. Listen, according to the good pleasure's will, to the praise, the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted. That's a very important word we're going to come back to. In the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood, in love, in God, in Christ. We have him, redemption in his blood, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So he actually handpicked you to be washed clean in the blood. That's what this is saying. That He, wa- he, he said that one, I'm going to take that one, and then I'm literally going to remove the penalty punishment and power of sin from them that's what i'm going to pick them for that's how you're homely did you see it said holy it, it it's you, you have to read what it says you you can't just 
rush through it. That's why I'm, I'm taking a really long time. I want you to slow down and think about what he's saying, man. Without blame, how? Before him. It doesn't say without blame in everything you do, like that people aren't going to blame you or this or that or that the things aren't going to happen. It says, but when you stand before him, you're blameless. Paul says it later on in, in, in many of his other letters, and he says, we therefore now stand flawless without fault before God. That when God, we say it every week, every time we're here, I hope you hear it. In May, May, if I don't repeat it, whoever's speaking, you got a microphone, I'm going to say you're required to say this one. Listen, when you stand before God, God sees Jesus and not you. He sees the success of Jesus and not your mistakes. That's what he's saying. And, and also what he's saying is that before God said, let there be light, he handpicked you. He chose you. It was his heart desire to select you, to have you stand before him like that. Oh, man. He has predestined us. It's a tricky word. Predestined. You know what it means in the Greek, though? It means to predetermine. It means to foreordain. Foreordain. It means to mark out. That's a very important definition and very important interpretation that we're going to get to in just a moment. That mark. It means to be marked by God. It means to bear the mark of God. It's going to come up again in, in, in just a little bit close to the end. But, but listen to that. It says, he marked you out beforehand. He predetermined your limits. That's good news. He pre-established before creation, it says. That's in this word predestined. That he pre-established it. And he limited it in advance. He, that, you know what that means? That means he looked forward and get, and this is the sovereign God. Understand the, the context of what Paul is saying. He started it off. I'm an apostle by what? The will of God. The same God that willed that you would be his before the foundation of the earth. He picked you. And he chose you, and he set the limits. They're, no, they're mine. They are mine. It's the same place that Jesus says this. No one can take them out of my Father's hands. My Father has given them to me, and no one can take them out of my hands. What was Jesus saying? All Paul's doing is interpreting what Jesus said. That's what you've got to understand. Everything the apostles and prophets that wrote scripture after Jesus said, they're all building off the chief cornerstone. They're all building off of what Jesus said. So when Jesus said that, my father has given them to me into my hands, and no one's taking that out. Paul's interpreting that. He's telling you right now. He's breaking down the mystery revealed. That before the foundation of the earth, the alpha and the omega, the beginning seeing the end, picked you. And predestined a limit. That's mine. It's why, it's why many of us in this room have ran back to sin and we come right back to Christ. There's something in you. Can't, you can't. The Spirit is at work in you. The seed of God is at work in you. And you can run and you can try to hide and you can try to pull at Adam and you can try to cover your shame and you can try to hide and be afraid from God. But God's going to come up to you and say, where you been? Where you been, boy? I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? 
Oh, God, I'm ashamed. Look, I'm uncovered. I made a mistake. Who told you that was who you are? Huh? Let me show you who you are. I'm going to kill a sacrifice, and I'm going to cover that nakedness right here. Huh? That's what he thought. What are you talking about? Who told you you were a sinner? Who told you that? Who said to you you're still bound by sin? Well, I just couldn't help myself. Who told you that? Who lied to you? Because I'm pretty sure I died for you. Hmm? I'm pretty sure I picked you. I'm pretty sure you're mine. Listen, let me tell you something. You can try all you want. Kids can disown their parents all they want. But when that DNA test does not lie, man, it does not lie. Listen, and that little boy back there, wherever mine is at, he can, he's as tall as me now. Did y'all seen that? Oh, good Lord, 13, he's going to be shooting up. He could argue all he wants, but he looks like me. Hmm. And here's the thing, boy, you, it, somewhere deep inside, if you've got Christ on and you look like him somewhere, I'm telling you. And you can, you can act this way and act that way all you want, but you're his. And there's no changing that. Listen to that. You're not. He will come after you, man. You are picked. You can't stop being picked. You're just, you're not, it's not in your power to do that. The only one that can blot you out is him. You can't. You can't. You don't have the power to go into the Lamb's Book of Life and blot your own name out. I'm sorry, you don't. He has to do it. He has to do it. I did not say once say, always saved, did I? It's not Brett's Book of Life. It's the Lamb's Book of Life, huh? There's only one author and one finisher, man. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it ain't you, man. Hey, and you better praise God for that. You ain't that powerful, and you better praise God for that. You better, I mean, you better really, right now, you better really praise God that it ain't on you, man. It's on the author and the finisher. Your faith ain't on you. It's on him. And that's good news, man. Hey, all my sins hang on the cross. All my sins hung on the cross, and they were all on Jesus. Guess what's else all on you? All my faith is on Jesus, man. Huh? Whoo. That's a good news right there. Listen to this. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It's his will. Same way Paul's an apostle, by his will. So it's by his will you're here. It's by his will. And I feel, I don't know about you, I feel the power of the living God right now in this room. I feel the electric power of God. God's like, oh, yes. Oh, woo! He's like, you're going to be set free right here when you hear the truth. Huh? You're going to be free. Listen to this. To the praise of the glory of his, his grace. So all of that, we don't ever, we got no place to take any credit whatsoever. We never get an ounce of it. It's actually all according to his sweet kindness and loving charm. Huh? To the praise that he's so sweet, that he's so kind, and that he's so charming. Listen to this. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. Somebody say accepted. What does that mean? Well, the English definition means you're the in crowd, right? That's what we would say. You're in. You ain't out. Listen to the Greek, though. It's a little bit better. To make grateful. To make grateful. Hmm. Mm. To endow. To endow with grace. 
to bestow freely on high favor. High favor. High sweet kindness and charm. To have that bestowed on you. High. Man, I'm telling you, all you men, God just raised the level. I'm just saying. It's the same word. We talked about it on Sunday, and it's, I didn't even realize we were going here on Wednesday, but it set us up if you're here Sunday. We talked about Mary and her being highly favored and her being what? The first one to carry the seed of Christ, right? The indwelling that was planted there by the Holy Spirit. The, the first one to give birth to Christ in the earth, which we are in the spirit, right? Manifesting. We're the manifested sons of God, right? Christ is manifesting in us because we carry the implanted word put there by the Holy Spirit, right? And, we, and that, how did Mary, Mary believe the word? It says she had faith, right? The same word that says, blessed are you, Mary, highly favored of women, it's the same word right here, accepted in the beloved. It's the same word. The same word used when the angel comes, highly favored of women, you're going to carry the Christ. It's the same word right here, accepted. You're going to carry the Christ. Jim, you're accepted to carry Jesus. Understand that. You're, 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 God looks at you. And, and he trusted Mary with the baby Christ. In the same word he used for her, he used for you to say you're in the beloved. And Christ is in you. That, if that don't, man, whew, if that don't make you love God. If that don't make you love God, man. I got news for you, too. He sees the end from the beginning. It means he said that with everything you did and everything you do. He still said you're that. God does not regret putting his son in you. I said God does not regret putting his son in you. He already knew. You think you got one over on God? Oh, you foolish... Youngstownians, <laughs> who has bewitched you? <laughs> and Pennsylvanians. Um, uh, I caught you. The <laughs> said, eh, well, I'm not from here. Huh? Who has bewitched you, right? Hmm? You think you got one over on God? You think he didn't see it coming? <laughs> Get out of here, man. Yeah, forget about it. Hey, we'll go Youngstown on you. All right. Come on, man. Forget about it. Listen, in him, in him. Oh, by the way, this word is only used twice in the whole Bible. And it's when God says it to Mary and when he says it to us. Very interesting, isn't it? In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I, I am convinced that one of the major issues in the church today that we face is we act like our sins aren't forgiven. That's, it's, it's probably the, one of the number one issues uh, of the unrenewed mind is we actually don't have faith in, the, in, in that it was finished. We actually, when we're saved and we come into Christ, we struggle. I've watched it. I've been pastoring now, senior senior pastor, almost three years. 
And, um, and actually, we're coming up. I think we just passed my anniversary. I didn't even think about it. But because um, I, I started in December. So I think this is my second year full time. Third, uh, third year uh, would have been in December. But been in ministry over 10 years. And um, I can tell you that that I, pastoring people and talking with people, I, it's one something happens and we believe it in the moment and we have faith and we accept Christ. But our minds and thank God he's patient. This is not condemning because God's patient with you. He's patient with you. Love is patient. God is patient. It's the first part of himself. When I had that encounter recently, that dream where Jesus came, that was the one thing that stood out with me, how patient he was. I'm like, he might, you only have like three years to do your whole ministry here and set us all up. And because I was in that time frame, you know, in the dream, I was in that that era with his disciples and he was not in a hurry at all. You know, it's like when he's sitting at the woman at the well, he's not, well, hurry up already. You know, you never see that. He's just very much present, very much. He's not in a hurry at all. That's right. Say it, girl. And, uh, and but I'm but listen, I'm telling you, they I'm convinced I've just seen it. And there's some of us in this room. We've had conversations and you act like I've acted like I've been guilty. I'm guilty all the time to remind myself. I have to remind myself of the wonders of God, hmm. the mystery of God. Like like my sins aren't washed away. Every sin I ever did and the blood covers every one I could ever commit. And not, and not understanding that. And people say, well, what about blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? I'm not sure you could do that with him in you. I just am not, really not. I, I feel like, man, listen, I've been in, like, sin and went to go do stuff. And, and, and stuff just stopped working in the natural. Like, it just, I've just had God stop me. He was like, nah, enough, boom, and just just physically, like, Make stuff not work. Just stop me. He just has arrested me every time. I just believe the Holy Spirit in you is more powerful. I, I, I said this the other day. I heard the Holy Spirit say it. We, some of us have more faith in sin's power to separate us from God than we do God's power to separate us from sin. I'm going to say that again. I want you to really think about this. Some of us have more faith in sin's power to separate us from God. Well, brother, sin separates from God, and that's why this happened and that happened and this and that and that. And we say that, and we and we put condemnation on people, and we throw stones, and we do this and that. And we have more faith in sin's power to separate people from God. They're like, well, that's why you're not feeling God's presence. No, there's a faith problem because nothing separates you from God. Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing separates me from the love of God. How can I be separate from God when the Bible says he who is one spirit, one with the Lord is one spirit with God? That I'm one spirit. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. I'm in, I, how many of you know that God always answered Jesus' prayers? Hmm? You know that? And it was funny because Jesus knew even when he prayed something outside of the will of God, he knew he was praying outside of the will of God. And he goes, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. He covered himself. I'm talking about in the garden. You know what I'm talking about? And his, his natural, the fleshly body God had on, because it was a real fleshly body, was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do sweating his blood, you know. I don't want to do this. And he's like, if there's any other way, please. But he's like, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He prayed this prayer. He said, Father, I pray that they'd be in you and I'd be in them and, and they'd be in us and we'd, and, 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 and we'd be one. That prayer was answered. Holy Spirit came to live inside you made you a new creature. You're one with God. 
But many of us have this faith in the power of sin. And we look around in this world and we see, because it's crazy. See, we don't do like Paul said, some of us, and I do it, guilty at times. I have to remind myself. Set your mind on things above where Christ is. See, because the reality of what Christ paid for is being experienced right now by everyone in heaven, right? Free from sin, no more sorrow, no more sickness. And that reality is coming for a new heaven and a new earth that will be here and manifest. It will wipe away every tear. No more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain. It's our ultimate hope. It's what we're hoping for and longing for. Amen? I don't get no more back pain. I don't get no more. That. It's gone. Amen? No more headaches. Nothing. Right? We long for that. No more sickness. No more losing people to COVID. No more this. No more that. It's gone. You know, whatever other thing. Cancer. It's gone. There's none of that. We long for that day, man. We do. But the problem is we're faced with the realities of sin and its power all around us because Satan is still the little G, God of this world. He's still the ruler of this world. That's new covenant talk. That's new covenant talk. Jesus said it. The ruler of this world's been judged. Paul said it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principality's power. The ruler of the air. He's still there, right? He's been defeated, is being defeated, and will be defeated. But so we see sin because it's before us, and we believe what we see. Hmm? We see it, right? I'll believe it when I see it. And you look around at all this testimony of sin, and then we think sin has more power. But, man, I would say, what about your testimony? What about encouraging yourself in, in you and say, well, brother, I fell. Uh, yeah, but you also encountered God. If you were born again, you were washed clean. And let me tell you something. Even the moment that you fall short, you're no less clean than you were the moment you believed the first time. That's the truth of the gospel. That's what you have. To, like, you didn't wash the blood of Jesus off of you. I, I don't know why we, we think that way. We, we think, well, this, well, you don't know what I did, or I let so-and-so did that, or I, I did this, or my flesh did this. And we, like, confess that that moment, that act was more powerful than the moment that the Holy Spirit gave us faith we believed and were born again. That, that, oh, we, and, and this is what we're confessing, that a work of the flesh overpowered a work of the Spirit. This is the confession in our minds. Do you understand? Do you, do you follow me? This is what the enemy wants you to believe. This is his lie for you. Hmm? He entices you back into the law. What is the law? It's the knowledge of good and evil. Paul said, "If you didn't have the law, you wouldn't even know what was wrong. What, you didn't even know it was wrong. But what was for the law telling you what was wrong? It's the knowledge of good and evil. Hmm? That's why Paul says, don't go back under slavery to the law. Be bound to Christ, man. Free in Christ. It's for freedom he set you free. We've got to believe God. We've got to believe God's ability to separate us from sin. And when we start believing that way, that's actually what's get, what causes sin to lose its power. It's the opposite. I was talking about it on Sunday. I've tracked it. It's an average of about three days 
that it was taking it would take me if I would have a fall or a mess up or cut somebody off or this or that or have a you know major fault something like that you know major mess up we all done it we have mess ups and we're like oh that one's not that bad and then we judge our mess ups and we're like well that mess up wasn't as bad as the mess up last time it, you know we make all this crazy stuff up in our head which is not in the Bible and you know we do all that <laughs> and then um, and then it's like it takes about three days for that to wear off to where you feel pure enough again to enter the presence of God or pray. And it takes you that long to get back. Well, I need to get back to where I was. The reality is you never left. That's the truth. But see, the enemy doesn't want, because then you're, 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 constantly, you're constantly trying to better your relationship with God. And so the enemy keeps this carrot before you of you just need to get better at God and then God can use you. You just need to get better for God and then God can do this. And you just need to get better. Your relationship needs to get better with God. But God said something to me the other day. He said, Brett, your relationship with me will never get better. I said, what? He said, your relationship with me will never get better. He said, but your understanding of how good it's always been will grow. That's what you're growing in. Is understanding of how good it already is. Hmm? That's what you learn. You grow in the grace of God. You grow in your understanding of his sweet kindness and his charming nature towards you. You grow in from faith to faith to glory to glory. So as I understand and believe what Christ already did, I understand and receive Glory, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Good stuff? Amen. Ephesians 1, jumping back. He made us abound towards in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery. I just preached the mystery of his will to you. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Does it say which he purposed in Tim for Tim to figure out all on his own and work it out and figure it all out? Huh? No? It says what? It says he purposed it in him, in himself. That is that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Another way to say it is this, that when the time of the favor of our Lord would come, this is the time in which Christ was born. I talked about it on Sunday. It's that moment in which all history changes when we went from B.C. to A.D., the year of our Lord. The Bible says he came, anointed Christ to proclaim what? The favor of the year of our Lord. That it is now the time of favor until the day of wrath comes. The one day. Thank God it's a, a time of favor and a day of wrath. Amen. He purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have in obtained an inheritance, being predestined. Somebody say have obtained an inheritance. Well, brother, I'm just trying to contend for my inheritance. Huh? What? I stopped that. Brother, I, you know what I'm doing now? I'm believing. I'm believing in what I have. A shift of my mind, man. I'm not, I, I literally, the, I, the more I'm growing in my, because see, I'm not growing and getting a better relationship with God. I'm growing understanding how good it already is. I'm not fighting for something. Why would I fight for something that's already mine? Hmm? Why would I fight for what I already possess? The devil wants me fighting. He's got me convinced 
that I have to contend for something I already own. By birthright, man. By birthright. According to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. So God predestined, determined, handpicked you to hear the word of truth because, one, he saw how you'd respond. Listen to this. The gospel of your salvation, in whom having believed you were sealed. Somebody say sealed. Sealed. This is going to be. No, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I got three more words. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Are we good? This good? Yeah? Sealed. Listen to this. It means to set a seal upon. It's to fix with a signet ring, right? It's to attach ownership. It's the, listen to this, it's the full security of the backing of the owner. The full security of the backing of the owner. It is a legal signature with a guarantee of promise. It's a legal signature with a guarantee of promise. Huh? It's a mark. It's a mark. So the mark that he marked you out is what? The seal of the Holy Spirit. When we read earlier about being predestined, you were marked out. Yeah. It's done. It's irreversible. And, and the, the thing about those seals is, and that's what it notes is, it, is if you got a letter, okay, from a king, right, and say it was a declaration of war and it was sealed by him, you understand that that writing, that legal document, is not just backed by that one man, but the whole kingdom and everybody in the kingdom and the full power and the full authority and the weight of the resources of that king. And let me tell you something. When God decided to give you the Holy Spirit, he sealed your salvation with the full backing of all of heaven, all of heaven's resources, and every bit of ounce of power of the most powerful being that created everything. All that power is in in you working to keep you and have you saved oh huh come on man it's the mark it's what marks you out and it's actually and we won't get into it tonight but it's the only evidence required to prove that you're saved it's it's actually peter deals with it in acts chapter 10 when they're like how dare you go hang with the gentiles he's like bro they they got the holy ghost too what am i gonna do well, you're going to, God gave him the Holy Ghost, just like he did us. Who am I to judge? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not messing with God. They got the Holy Ghost. Huh? That's God's standard of judgment. Did you receive the Holy Ghost? That's your mark. If you got the Holy Spirit inside, living inside of you, then God picked you. And that, I, I can't unpick. Who am I to unpick who God picked? Whoo. Hmm sealed with the Holy Spirit, man, the full security and backing of the owner. Your, when you got the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you something. 
God has led you by the Holy Spirit, many of you to this community, many of you to the leaders here. You get us in Christ, but it's only by the will of God that we're here even doing what we do. And if it wasn't in the will of God, there would be no power effectively working through us. There'd be no proof in the pudding. You, you understand? Uh, you can test it and see the fruit, you know. I had Lena and I talking in the bedroom. She's bawling, and I was like, Lena, I don't do anything. It's the Holy Spirit. And she goes, well, I'm fruit. He works. He's working here, and he's working through you, and I'm the evidence because I was this way, and now I'm not. And I go, ain't me. It's God. It's the will of the Lord working through. It's the power of God. It's the effective working of the Holy Spirit. I know many of you have testimonies like that. You said, hey, I've come here. I was one way, and now, man, I, I, I'm, I understand my relationship with God. Huh? Yeah. It's the effective work of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something. When you got saved, you got everything you need. When the Holy Spirit entered you, you got everything you need. John says it this way, and the anointing will teach you. Uh, the new covenant in Jeremiah says it this way. In that day, uh, the neighbor won't teach his neighbor about God, but I'll teach them. Me, myself, will teach them. You got God in you. That's what you. some of us need to grow up into this understanding, God in you, man. Emmanuel, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I did it. I chased conference to conference, and I believe in impartation. It all works. It's all when it's by the leading of the Lord. I get it. But, man, you better understand something. I am signed, sealed, and delivered with the seal of the Holy Ghost, and that Holy Ghost inside of me has access to everything, and everything in heaven is mine by birthright and inheritance. I got access to it all. It's mine. It's mine. And it's cool because it's mine and I don't have to work for it. It's, the work's finished. I, you know what I'm working at? I'm working at believing the work is done. That's what I'm working at. I'm working at believing I'm in rest. Jesus said it this way. The work God has called you to do is to believe the one in whom he sent. It is finished. He is the guarantee, somebody say guarantee, of our inheritance. How do I know? Woo! How do I know that I have every blessing in the spiritual realm? How do I know? I got the Holy Ghost. That's how I know. And everything else that try anybody else, well, brother, you just need to walk with God a little bit longer. You know, Tim, you just need to read your Bible every day. And then you'll be okay with God. Let me tell you something. That word lives in me. I got scriptures come out of me I never even read. I'm telling you. I think I read them all now because I read the Bible a couple times. But I don't have them memorized. I don't have that whole book memorized. I'm telling you what. Stuff flows out of me and it comes out of me. Why? Because the author is living in me. The word literally is made flesh right here, man. In, in me. In you. He's in you. And if he wasn't in you, you wouldn't understand a lick of it anyway. You search the scriptures thinking they lead to eternal life, but they speak of me. Jesus straight up told him, you can read the Bible all day, and you, I'm stand, the, the Bible's standing in front of you in flesh. <laughs> You're reading it, and you see nothing. You're blind. The blind leading the blind. Hmm? Man. Whoo. I already got it. If I never read another, I listen, man. I'm going to say some things that will step on toes. If I never read my Bible another day in my life, if I never read my Bible, I'm not, I'm definitely not encouraging. I think you should read your Bible every day. I try, I attempt to read my Bible every day. But guess what? 
I'm not, I don't have faith in this. I'm going to fall tomorrow if I don't read my Bible today. My faith is not in that. My faith is in God who lives in me. Should you read your Bible? Yeah. And actually, if you, if you listen to the Spirit in you, he'll lead you to it. And it's all him anyway, right? He'll lead you to it. But, but what's my point? My point is that thing you were sealed with is already all the, the power, the effective power working in you. And I got news for you. The early church, they ain't have that, man. And they survived it just fine. Had some problems. We got some problems, man, in the church. We got some problems. At the large at church, and we look back there, and they didn't even have the Bible. The guarantee of our inheritance until when? The redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. This purchased and possession in the Greeks, actually one word. We split up in two words in English, but it's actually one word. Purchased possession. And it means this. The acquisition the ownership to make one's ownership complete. Full possession to be saved. So it's the complete and full possession of what God has saved you to, which is our hope, and right? The new heaven and the new earth. And it says, until then, our guarantee of all our inheritance now and in them is that Holy Spirit working inside us. God picked you from the foundation of the earth, and he has proven that you're picked by whether or not you have the Holy Spirit. That's the evidence. This right now, this will change the way you look at yourself. And you know what that that in fact will do is it'll change the way you look at others, and you'll start to love others as you love yourself. And you'll start to value you not because of your works or what you've done, but because of the sweet kindness, charming nature of the Lord that before he said, let there be light, he looked and said, I want that one. I want that one to be my home. I want that one to be my house. I want to live with that one. I want to walk and talk with that one every single day. I want to put my spirit and make them my house. That one. That one. <laughs> and every time the devil tries to convince you, others, boy, I got the Holy Ghost. What you talking about? You're a lie. I got news for you. Anyway, if the devil's talking, he's lying, man. If, it's, if he's speaking, you don't, ha- even if there's a little sprinkle of truth, just shut it down. Don't listen. If your flesh is talking, it's already, you know this, the spirit and the flesh are at what? At enmity with each other. I don't need to listen to you either. Use a liar too. I'm only interested in one voice, the spirit of truth. Because hmm? he's the only one that guarantees me. My inheritance. My flesh don't carry me, guarantee me nothing. You ain't got nothing for me, man. Everything I need is signed, sealed, and delivered in the Holy Spirit. And God, God chose me to have it. That's good news. And it will set you free. It's the truth. And if you'll hear it tonight by faith, it will set you free. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I pray you said this, the fullness of God dwells in Christ in bodily form. 
and then you put the Spirit of Christ in us by the Holy Spirit, which means the fullness of God dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. That's why the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Lack is really a lie, you see, when I have the Holy Spirit. So, God, I pray right now for an understanding of that. God, I I do not pray for more of you since I already have all of you. God, I I don't pray for a better relationship because my relationship is as good as it's ever going to be. I'm as flawless now standing before your sight as I will be on the day I get my glorified body. You're not going to see me and say, oh, now he's acceptable in my sight. No, you've already made us acceptable in your sight. We We need only to believe with the faith that you've so freely given us. And so, God, what I pray for tonight is that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you open the eyes of our understanding. Show us how good we already got it. Ho! Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.